1: back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Rimaldi and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall with you for the next hour. As promised, you... Probably heard uh, Brad and myself during the first hour if you were listening, but in case you weren't, Brad is uh, the head of Bannon Communications Research, a polling message development and media firm which helps labor unions, progressive issue groups, and Democratic candidates win public affairs and political campaigns. Brad's also a senior advisor to and contributing editor for MyTiller.com, the social media network for politics. He lectures in political science at Salem State University in Salem, Massachusetts, And you could follow him on Twitter at Brad Bannon. Uh, We were talking previously in the last hour, which you're more than welcome to comment on, but we reviewed an article by Robert Schlesinger of U.S. News and World Report entitled What Trump Was Up To While Everyone Focused on Comey's Letter, about Clinton's emails, and it detailed uh, the tax story regarding Trump using a "quote unquote" dubious, uh, potentially illegal tax maneuver uh, in the 1990s to stave off financial ruin and avoid reporting hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, the Trump campaign refusing refusing to pay three quarters of a million dollar to its pollster. Uh, Newsweek reporting that uh, companies that Trump owned have deleted uh, lots of emails in defiance of court orders. Uh, Three stories about Russia and uh, plenty more. Uh, But a story I want to uh, begin this hour with is um, a story regarding North Carolina incumbent Republican Senator Richard Burr, which is also a story that I think would have uh, received more coverage this weekend if it wasn't for the breathless coverage of James Comey's uh, vague letter to Congress. Um, The following uh, is courtesy of
2: CNN. I obtained this audio of a private meeting Bird had over the weekend with volunteers in Mooresville, North Carolina, when the subject of Clinton and guns came up.
3: Nothing made me uh, feel any better than uh, I walked into a gun shop, I think yesterday, in There was a copy of Rifleman on the the,
2: uh, counter. It's got a picture of Hillary Clinton on the front of it. I was a little bit shocked at that. didn't have a bullseye on it. Now that resembles what Donald Trump said in August that Second Amendment people should take matters in their own hands when it comes to Clinton. But unlike Trump, Burr apologized when I asked his campaign for comment, saying the comment was, quote, inappropriate. And I apologize. Now, at that same meeting, Burr also said that I'm going to do everything I can to ensure Clinton cannot fill that final Supreme Court seat, wanting to keep it vacant for four years. And this comes as Burr has calculated to win re-election. It's in no part about, about revving up his base. And that means also praising Donald Trump, which he did at that meeting, saying that Trump aligns, quote, perfectly with where the GOP is today.
1: So, Brad, we obviously have two issues here. One, Senator Burr joking about uh, people with guns targeting Hillary Clinton. As you heard, uh, CNN uh, reporting, uh, Manu Raju reporting regarding that, you know, Donald Trump essentially said uh, a very similar comment, which he referred to. And then we'll get to the issue of the Supreme Court. But, it, but first, what was your reaction to hearing uh, that audio from Senator Burr? Well,
3: uh, first of all, I uh, think it. Uh, was appropriate for the senator to uh, apologize. You know, there are some things in this current political environment that just aren't funny. Uh, And this is one of them. We live in a very divisive time. And making jokes about shooting someone, even if they're just jokes, uh, you never know what people are going to take out of that Uh, and in this kind of atmosphere you can't make jokes about shooting a public official uh, because uh, somebody might just take you up on it you know of course a few years ago we had a uh, person uh, in Arizona who uh, took a shot uh, at a member of Congress uh, Gabby Giffords Uh, she was in the hospital for almost died. Uh, She was in the hospital for, I don't know, a year. Uh, So this is not stuff to joke about. Uh, But at least Senator Burr had the good sense to apologize. Uh, Now, Donald Trump, as you said, has never apologized for the comment uh, he made about essentially uh, if Hillary Clinton's elected president, uh, we may need a Second Amendment solution. Uh, And it's just crazy for a public official to joke about these things, because there are people out there who are basically lunatics and don't need very much urging to do something really
1: stupid. And additionally, you know, echoing comments made by uh, Texas Senator Ted Cruz, and then previously a few weeks ago, John McCain, um, Burr talking about how if Hillary Clinton is elected president, uh, saying that He's going to do everything he can to make sure four years from now they still have an opening on the Supreme Court. Uh, And he boasted that it's that he's responsible for, quote, the longest judicial vacancy in history by denying confirmation of Merrick Garland. That doesn't seem to be something to be bragging about, especially when Americans are extremely frustrated with Congress's inaction and the gridlock in Washington, D.C., does it, Brad?
3: Yeah, it isn't. And I guess uh, I forget exactly, but I think it's been nine months or so uh, since President Obama uh, nominated uh, Merrill Garland uh, to fill the vacancy on the Supreme Court left by the the, uh, death of uh, Justice Scalia. Uh, Now, the Constitution is pretty clear on this. Uh, The president nominates, uh, and the Senate advises and consents. Well, the president did his half of the job nine months. Months ago, and this is a deliberate attempt to, uh, first of all, make you know, they're hoping that Donald Trump wins uh, the presidential race because, and you know, if Donald Trump becomes president. You know, they'll approve his Supreme Court justice in a heartbeat. Uh, but, uh, you know, they've already basically, uh, stonewalled, uh, President Obama for nine months. And here you have, uh, three or so Republican United States senators, uh, saying that, uh, they're gonna stonewall, uh, Hillary Clinton indefinitely. And, it's just completely wrong, you said, and I think it's very true uh, problem had the problems that uh, problem main problem that most Americans have with the United States government is it doesn't do anything uh, it his gridlock and by not uh, by not uh, taking up President Obama on his nomination and threatening to stonewall Hillary Clinton for four more years it 's a gross miscarriage of justice the per- supreme court 's a serious body it is deliberating very important issues, and to leave the court uh, justice short is just completely irresponsible and It's pure politics. They just don't want Barack Obama to get a nominee, and then they don't want Hillary Clinton to have a nominee. And to threaten to filibuster this thing for four years uh, is completely irresponsible.
1: You know, there's a couple other interesting points regarding that. Uh, You know, number one being, even though it was ridiculous that this was his argument, Mitch McConnell said the reason that, they weren't going to ha- even have hearings for a nominee that Obama would President Obama would put forward is because they wanted the American people to have a chance to vote on it. Now they're saying even if the American people vote and it's Hillary Clinton, well we're still going to do it anyway. So it just flies in the face. When many people knew what their their whole talking point on that was BS, but they're undercutting their own talking point about why they're still waiting. Number one, number two, a great point was brought up by Ian Milheiser of Think Progress. Imagine if they do that. Okay, they don't nominate. Uh, Supreme, or they don't ab- ab- let Hillary Clinton, if she's elected president, appoint the next Supreme Court justice. It stays four to four. Okay. Then, when it's say there's a Republican president, what gives Democrats any motivation to nominate, you know, to approve uh, a, a Republican presidential nominee? And you just have it go back and forth and back and forth. And also, say it did become a Republican presidency in 2020, and then Republicans actually had the, the Senate majority and got their, you know, their Supreme Court justice through. Why would any federal judges or anybody in a, a Democratic state? want to listen to any orders of that Supreme Court if they felt that it was not fair the way that that justice got that majority, and then you don't have lower courts listening to the higher court because they don't feel it was the judicial seats were properly filled. I mean, it creates yeah, and the lower havoc. courts
3: that that's another piece of these, this thing. Uh, what's got all the attention uh, was is the fact that President Obama nominated a candidate being his half of the constitutional jobs Congress the Constitution specifies, and the Republicans hey they don't like Merrill Gar- Garland. Knock yourself out. At least they can schedule a vote, uh, so uh, they can fulfill their constitutional uh, responsibilities. And the other issue here is that what's happening to Merrill Garland and what may happen to any nominee that uh, Hillary Clinton nominates as she's president is there are hun- there are at least a hundred. Maybe more than that, vacancies on federal circuit courts of appeals and district judge. Uh, President Obama has nominated people to all these positions, uh, but the Republicans have never, uh, had a vote. And for instance, you know, federal district courts, they do all the heavy lifting in the court system. A very select few cases get up to the circuit court of appeals and even fewer get to the Supreme Court, but district uh, district. Uh, federal courts, I hear something like 60,000 cases every year. And a lot of these district courts are working shorthanded uh, because the Republican-dominated Senate has never got around to approving uh, Barack Obama's nominees. And I'm afraid that besides stonewalling Hillary Clinton on a Supreme Court justice, they're going to continue the stonewall uh, they've had on federal district court judges, uh, and you're going to be in a situation for another four years uh, where the district courts are going to be overwhelmed by work uh, because they're not fully staffed. So this is, goes way beyond the Supreme Court, in my opinion.
1: The good news, Brad, is we have power over this. If we elect Hillary Clinton president and we elect... Democratic senators and even get a simple majority, there is an option which Vice President, uh, excuse me, uh, Tim Kaine, who's currently a senator but would be the vice president, uh, has said that they would uh, nuke the filibuster uh, for actually having Supreme Court, Supreme Court nominees since Republicans have not even had hearings for Merrick Garland. So it is possible if Democrats take the presidency and a simple majority in the Senate that they will be able to get a Supreme Court justice nominee. Yeah, this is
3: just so- Called nuclear option. Exactly. Uh, and you're right. Uh, if the Democrats take control of the Senate, and there's a decent chance they will, uh, they can have a procedural vote, which will be uh, on uh, whether or not uh, to. Uh, uh... how to deal with judges it'll require simple majority and basically uh... if they do that uh... you know that that's a long-standing tradition that shouldn't be broken uh... you know justices should You know, you're right they could their democrats could do the same thing to donald trump and why not because the republicans have already said they're going to do it to hillary clinton uh... and they can change the democrats with a simple majority can change the rules uh, so that a simple, uh, they can have a vote on a, a nominee whether the Republicans want one or not. And, uh, I know Democrats are very reluctant to in, uh, to invoke the nuclear option, uh, but, uh, that's essentially what the Republicans have done with Merrill Garland and a couple hundred other, uh, Obama nominees to the federal district and circuit courts.
1: Yeah, great point about Merrick Garland there, Brad. We're going to go to break and come back with your calls. If you'd like to join uh, Brad Bannon and myself, Mark Grimaldi, you can do so at 888 6 That's 888-653-7543, and we'll be right back after this quick commercial break.
0: You're listening to The Leslie Marshall Show, truth for all sides of the spectrum, 888 6 Leslie.
1: Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Romaldi and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall. Going back to your calls as promised. First, we go to Max and Charlotte, who's been holding. Uh, Max, thanks for joining us. Go ahead with your thoughts. Hi.
4: Uh, hi. You know, like uh, I've been listening, and uh, you know, it really saddened me that you know that what we keep talking about is Hillary Clinton emails. Okay, to me, it's the establishment that keeps pushing that forward. But you know, like I was, I, I normally read the Borough Labor Statistics to see who's employed and who's not employed. So people, you know, you could just uh, go to, the, which is real easy, you go to the Gallup polls, polls and, and on the sidebar it says how many people are unemployed and how they measure them. That's a real issue. You know, uh, 9.7% of Americans are, do not have a, a, a job. I mean, I work. I have actually been employed for at least 30 years without being unemployed for more than two hours. I'm not kidding. Okay, you know, and and, and it really troubled me that this is what our society is turning into where a lot of people that we don't seem to care about anymore. We don't seem to want to talk about these people. You know, and and, uh, so my deal... Is that I'm going to vote for Hillary Clinton the way, according to uh, Gallup poll, she's going to win. So I'm saying to people who live in safe District to vote for Jill Stein, and, and uh, that way we will, we will. She'll be able to get enough money. She'll be able to get more rec- recognition. Can I, can and I we'll ask be you one question, Max? Can I ask
1: Go you one ahead. question? Didn't you tell me that uh, you were initially a Bernie Sanders supporter like myself? I am a
4: Bernie Sanders support okay, supporter. Okay. I'm 100% do you, liberal. Do you
1: trust Bernie Sanders?
4: Uh, I actually, I very much trust him, but like I say, Bernie Sanders is out of the picture now. Okay? But this is you, not about not Bernie Sanders. That's not I'm asking you. I'm ask, you. This
1: is about Bernie Sanders. Do you Bernie trust Sanders. his words? Do you trust his words? Yes uh, do or I, no? Do
4: I, 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 no? actually, what he's saying about right now and about Hillary, no, I'm not. I don't trust that. I'm speaking
1: that, about what I, he said about Jill Stein. He said this is not I, the time for a protest vote, which is exactly what you're talking about. So you're no, no. You what, you I, what I'm the, saying
4: is that if you live in a, that's why I'm saying if you live in in a, a safe state, if you vote for Jill a Stein, she'll state. have the. Define the a money. safe state. You're not in a safe state. You're in North Carolina. Yeah, I know. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm saying for, my, for myself, I, my my vote would either going to go to Trump, Jill Stein, you were or vote. not vote. You were going to possibly I'm not vote voting for, for the Clintons right. and I'm not voting for the Clinton, because, you know, the Clintons should have stepped out. You what, know what, what, you, all know what? Problems you just Gina. told me that
1: you're sick of hearing not about the issues and everything no, Bernie issues. Okay, you know what, when Hillary
4: Clinton. Max, I'm letting you and talk and letting you talk. This field, is called a back and no forth. Her name.
1: Max, this is hey. called a back. Do you want to have a conversation or do you want to just Yeah, shout? go
4: ahead,
1: go ahead, come on. You just said at the beginning of your call that you're sick of not hearing about the issues. Bernie Sanders' entire primary and the Democratic primary was issue-based. When did we get yeah, away right. from the issues? Well, look at the Republican primary, and we're coming up on a break, so I'll let you respond. But look at the Republican primary. It was about anything but the issues with Lion, Ted, and Little Marco, and as soon as Donald Trump brought his circus to the general election with Hillary Clinton, he has pushed anything but the issues when Hillary Clinton, and if you look at her website and all her positions, Has been trying to push the issues But during the debates you saw She would try to talk about the issues And he would talk about anything but So it's very ironic to me That you would possibly vote for Donald Trump Saying that you believed in Bernie Sanders because And one of the reasons is because he spoke about the issues You're you're cutting off your nose to spite your face It just doesn't make any sense It's illogical Your hate for the Clintons is telling me That you care about your hate More than you care about where she falls on the issues Which is pretty sad We'll be back That, of course, is the great Tragically Hip shout-out to Gore Downey, who, a great singer, unfortunately battling uh, terminal uh, brain cancer, those of us fortunate enough to uh, hear them who live in uh, the northeastern United States. Great band. Uh, Anyway, back to the topic at hand. Before I go back to Max and Charlotte, I wanted to play the words of the man that both Max and I supported, and uh, I know I, I volunteered for him during the primary, Bernie Sanders, what he had to say regarding a protest vote.
5: In politics, too much we look at personality. We like you, we don't like you. And I think we've got to back away from that and say, we're not looking at Trump or Clinton, we're looking at the needs of the American people. And if you just go down the list in terms of experience but also in terms of views on the issue I work with Clinton Joe at the end of the campaign uh, on higher right. education and what we concluded and she is public on this and will make it happen is that every family in America of 125,000 or less. That's 83% of our people will be able to send their kids to a public college or university tuition free. You know what, Joe? That's pretty good. That is pretty damn good. Clinton wants to raise taxes on the rich at a time of massive income and wealth inequality. Trump wants to give huge tax breaks to billionaires. That's wrong. So I would just simply say to the millennials, to anybody else, look at the issues. Don't get hung up on Trump's kids or whatever the story of the birth issue. Stay focused on the issues of relevance to your life. I think Clinton is far and away the superior candidate. Jeremy? So, in our latest
1: New York Times poll, a, a, a surprisingly high number of young voters, like a third are voting for third party candidates. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you know they don't remember Ralph Nader, right? They don't they don't remember the effect that 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 can have
5: on a general election with the two party candidates. So what is your pitch to them? Good. I mean th- that, that's a very good question. And I think the answer is look <laughs> I was a third-party candidate. I began my career <laughs> my were. running as a third-party, getting 2% of the vote. Then I got 1% of the votes. I know a little bit about third-party vote. I'm the longest-serving independent in the history of the U.S. Congress. But I think that before you cast a protest vote, uh, because either Clinton or Trump will become president, think hard about it. Uh, this is not a governor's race. It's not a state legislative race. This is the presidency of the United States. And I would say to those people out there who are thinking of the protest vote, think about what the country looks like and whether you're comfortable of four years of a Trump presidency. And I would suggest to those people, let us elect Hillary Clinton as president. And the day after, let us mobilize millions of people around the progressive agenda, which, by the way, was passed, as you know, in the Democratic platform. We worked very hard on that. The most progressive Platform in the history of American politics and say to Secretary Clinton, let us work together to implement that platform. That's where we got to go.
1: That of course was Senator Bernie Sanders. That was back from uh, September 20th of this year, so a little over a month ago, on the show uh, Morning Joe. So that clip was courtesy of MSNBC. Of course, playing that because it's uh, relevant to the conversation we've been having with Max and Charlotte. So Max, I'm going to let you respond, and then Brad jump in uh, as well. Thank you for holding, Max. Go ahead with your thoughts.
4: Uh, yeah, that was that was something uh, really good that uh, what Bernie said. But and this is I'm not talking about a protest vote vote i'm talking about bringing in a third party so we could have a different conversation about what's going on in america today hillary clinton when she was in the senate she had she sponsored three bills in six or eight years however long she was in there that was it she never had any bills herself she never stood on her own two feet okay And, and and with half of america more than half hating her this is what, what we're going to have for four years isn't going to be good. And then in four years, how the hell are you going
1: to vote for Donald Trump? Then you just told me you're sick of, you don't want somebody half of America hating somebody. If you really want to go to negatives, if that's really what you care about, Donald Trump has a higher Donald Trump has a higher negative rate than Hillary Clinton. If that's what you care about, Max. But the point of this is you're being extremely hypocritical. You're telling me that you trust Bernie Sanders on certain points that you trust him, trust him, trust him. But then when you don't like what he has to say because it goes against, first of all, you just said I told. People in safe districts to vote for this other candidate, which is a protest vote. Now you're saying it's not a protest vote. No, just come out and say we
4: need
1: a third that you president. hate. Well, we don't have one that can get elected president right now. This is we not the time or place the to do it. Is set up. Correct. So to do it right now, the only thing you're affecting I mean, is, is giving an increase. In her next
4: four years, no. The president
1: doesn't have the power so to all of a sudden create a tell. third party. You know the best way to get a third party is to get money out of politics by ending Citizens United. Okay, which but that's candidate? Not
4: happen. Yes it is if you have a fifth Supreme Court are you justice. Telling me Hillary... Okay, we know Hillary is going to win. Okay? No, we, we don't, don't know that. Are right,
1: you have a okay, crystal is, ball? Are you
4: telling me that she's going to get money out of politics?
1: I do, are you you were on the air when we did an entire hour about the the the, uh, the promise that she yeah, made but, uh, to I'm, nominate. I'm saying, Max. Uh, yeah, I'm answering your question. Do you want it? You know what, Max? Is Max. Max. They're talking is one thing and doing is another. That's all we're doing. That's all uh, politicians do until uh, they have uh, an option to do do it.
4: I'm out in the streets and I'm So am I. To I volunteer I'm too. I'm so I
1: volunteered for both Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. And the point is, if you can't take someone and look at their proposals on the issues, which you just started your call off by saying, Why aren't we talking about the issues? Well when the candidates do talk about the issues, you say, Oh well, I don't care because I don't care what they have to say.
4: It's, no, if she's on the podium by herself she has a chance to talk about the issue, but she talks about what Trump says. I played the clip for you
1: of her proposing to, to, in her first 30 days promising to propose a constitutional amendment to overturn Citizens United, and if that can't get through, then nominating nominating Supreme Court justices who understand what a disaster Citizens United is. If that doesn't we, speak to the issue of overturning Citizens United, then I think you and I are looking at two different universes, so, Max.
4: remember, Hillary has been running for president for at least two years when she was driving around in that van, okay? What does so, that have uh, to do with what I just me, said? So what does that have I to I do with what watch? I just uh, said? May I jump
1: into
3: Yeah, go ahead, Brad. Uh, First of all, if you go to Hill, first of all, I would say, and I think Senator Sanders would agree with this, uh, there's probably about an 80% match uh, between Hillary Clinton's positions on issues uh, and Bernie Sanders. I would say on a good day, there's probably a 5% match uh, between Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump. And, uh, you know, the reality is, you know, either... Either uh, Hillary Clinton um, or uh, Donald Trump is going to be the next president in the United States. And it is not a sure thing by any stretch of the imagination that Hillary Clinton is going to be president. Uh, there's uh, an ABC News poll that was released today that has Trump up by one point. Uh, so it is not a done deal. And I think Senator Sanders is speaking out. And he's not just talking about supporting Hillary Clinton. He's been out there in Ohio uh, and Arizona and Colorado actively campaigning for her. And the reason he's doing it, which he has said, is he probably agrees with Hillary Clinton on about uh, 80 percent of the issues. And uh, I disagree with your assessment that she's not talking policy. She is. Uh, If you go to her website, you can see detailed plans for just about every issue. She talks about them on the campaign stump. The the media... Doesn't report them. The media just wants to report uh, all the, you know, personal stuff between her and Trump. But if you listen to one of her stump speeches, she talks very actively, strongly about policy. And you can see it for yourself. Go to her website.
1: And here is to the point of what she talked about regarding Citizens United, and then we're going to move on. This is her talking about Citizens United, Max, at the Netroots Nations Conference July 16th.
3: But there. Today I'm announcing that in my first 30 days as president, I will propose a constitutional amendment to overturn Citizens United and give the American people, all of us, the chance to reclaim our democracy. I will also appoint Supreme Court justices who understand that this decision was a disaster for our democracy. And I will fight for other progressive reforms, including small-dollar matching and disclosure requirements.
1: Max, go ahead. Uh, that uh, that was Hillary Clinton talking on the
4: issue. Okay, what, what but you he, remember, uh, amendments are passed by the, the, the Senate. I know, right? two-thirds. two-thirds. Did you forget
1: the conversation we had about this? We talked about this. And if you can't get that, then what's next? The Supreme Court. And what was the second okay, thing that she said? Know,
4: okay, yeah, but the, the Senate has to pass it.
1: The okay, Senate the has Senate to, is yes, is
4: a, well, I, I'm moving
1: past you already, Max. you got to keep right, up because you want to talk right, fast. Bye. No, I'm not moving past your call. All right. He didn't understand. The point is she talked about both ways to do it. it was a constitutional amendment, and if not, then nominating a Supreme Court justice. We're going to move on to Susie in El Paso. Thanks for holding. Susie, go ahead with your thoughts.
3: Yes, I think Max was a Trump troll to waste up time. But um, this something's uh, developed um, While you all have been on the air, and I got this off the Daily Kos, someone fed the New York Times information to quickly kill emerging Trump-Russia stories. Was it Comey? That came from the FBI.
1: I was reading uh, on Think Progress regarding, uh, you know, that it was, it was odd. These stories started just surfacing. I know what you're talking about. And then there was a New York Times story with a source saying that the FBI said that they hadn't found any links yet between Trump and Russia. And it was odd, the timing of it. So I do think it's quite odd that that uh, story, that that leak happened um, as if, it, you know, almost an exact response in real time to the three stories that we uh, had cited earlier uh, at, between 3 and 4 p.m. Eastern in which, uh, Susie, I'm sure you're familiar with them, but for those who may have uh, missed the hour, there were three different stories. One was Mother Jones uh, reporter David Korn talking about a former Western intelligence officer who spent almost two decades on Russian intelligence, um, talking about how he's compiled troubling information indicating connections between Trump and the Russian government, and then Slate's Franklin Four reporting that a group of malware hunters had stumbled upon what appeared to be communications between a Trump server and that of a Russian nationalist bank called Alpha, and then finally NBC News reporting that the FBI has been conducting a preliminary uh, inquiry into Donald Trump's former campaign manager, Paul Manafort's foreign business. Connection, so I did see that uh, New York Times story, and I was quite puzzled at the timing of it as well. So I'll definitely have to check out that Daily Co's article, and um, I know Think Progress is uh, reporting on it as well. So thank you very much yeah, for bringing I, that to you our know, attention.
3: Weeks like this don't happen by accident. Um, I think what's happened uh, is that I've been the stories about uh, Trump's Russian ties uh, have uh, accelerated in the last couple of days. Uh, and I think that's because the FBI has leaked the fact about these connections, uh, and Comey's trying to essentially do what in football is a make-up call. Uh, he knows now that he tilted the playing field uh, very Hillary, uh, very strongly towards Hillary Clinton, and he caught all hell for doing it. And now I think the FBI's leaking out the stories about Trump and his Russian ties uh, to try to make up for it. Uh, so I, I think this is uh, you know basically the FBI is trying to uh, uh, basically uh cover their butt on a mistake they made on friday
1: the thing that's confusing though is the new york times story that that she was referencing i'll try to find it during you know we'll try to find it during the break and i'll bring it up but we're gonna get to your calls as well uh if you'd like to join brad bannon or myself mark rimaldi you can do so at 8886 leslie that's eight 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 six five three seven five four three. and we'll be right back after this quick commercial break And Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall uh, We're going to get back to the calls in a second But I just wanted to clarify what uh, Susie was talking about And uh, what I was saying I was going to get to Regarding that New York Times article So um, this is from Judd uh, Legum or Legum, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing it The editor-in-chief at ThinkProgress uh, The article is entitled The New York Times Very Fishy Article About Trump and Russia A story that might be too good to be true For James Comey Uh, On Monday night, last night, the New York Times published an article claiming that the FBI has, quote, not found any conclusive or direct link between Mr. Trump and the Russian government, end quote. The newspaper has concluded that Russia... Russian efforts to covertly influence the U.S. election were, quote, aimed at disrupting the presidential election rather than electing Mr. Trump, end quote. It was published just after a flood of stories raising questions about Trump's connection to Russia, including two stories suggesting there were direct communications between Trump's organization and the Russian government. Even more damaging from the FBI's perspective was a report that FBI Director James Comey opposed releasing information about the investigation or even announcing Russia was culpable for the email hacks for fear... That it would influence the presidential election. The New York Times story served as a convenient rebuttal to these developments. Implicit is the suggestion that Comey did not reveal more about Russia's desire to influence the election or their connections to the Trump campaign because there was nothing much to report. Think Progress spoke with Kate Martin, a senior fellow at the Center for American Progress, who has spent decades studying U.S. intelligence and surveillance to make sense of it all. According to Martin, the circumstances of this article's publication are suspicious, and the information leaked to the New York Times raises more questions than answers. Uh, some, someone inside the government leaked, in, uh, leaked this information to the New York Times. Did James Comey authorize the leak was the question she was asked, her response. The New York Times attributes the leaks about the FBI's thinking to, quote, law enforcement officials, which suggests but does not definitively establish that the leaks came from the FBI. Martin says this raises the question as to whether Comey himself authorized the leak if He did it. It could be evidence that he is seeking to influence the election through selective leaks favorable to Trump. Next question. If Comey did not authorize the leak, is he investigating who leaked the information? Answer. Leaking conclusion about a preliminary investigation, Martin says, violates the protocols of the FBI. If Comey is not investigating the source of the leak and seeking to discipline those responsible, it suggests... He tacitly approved of the leak, even if he did not directly authorize it. Next question. The New York Times reported that the investigators have concluded the motive of the Russian government was to just create chaos, not to help Trump. Which agencies have reached that conclusion? Answer. The story is vague about who concluded the Russians were not trying to help Trump and how people came to such a conclusion. Martin notes the report attributes that view to, quote, investigators, but does not say what agency made this conclusion. So it's not entirely... Clear, even the FBI institutionally believes it to be true. An actual conclusion would involve, according to Martin, the participation of a variety of intelligence agencies under, under the supervision of the Director of National Intelligence. In particular, the investigators would need to look at the NSA intercepts of Russian communications and have those intercepts analyzed by a specialist in Russian intelligence. Have the investigators speaking to the New York Times reviewed that crucial intelligence? We don't know. Ultimately, the story does not reveal if even one agency has come to this conclusion much less a consensus of the full constellation of relevant agencies. The FBI's expertise, if this leak is coming from the agency, lies in establishing whether the law has been violated, not in establishing motive of foreign governments. The New York Times, meanwhile, quietly altered their story on Monday night, adding the caveat, quote, conclusive or direct, to a sentence that previously read, law enforcement officials say that none of the investigations so far have found any link between Trump and the Russian government. Later, the headline was changed from, quote, after lengthy inquiries, officials doubt Trump has direct link to, Ru- to Russia to something far less definitive. The new title of the article is Investigating Donald Trump, FBI sees no clear link to Russia. So that's what's going on with that. Uh, Brad, I want to go back to you. And we are also going to uh, go to uh, an additional caller. We're going to just go in order here. So next we go to uh, Michael in the Bronx. Michael, go ahead with your thoughts. Thank you. Hi.
4: First off, just as I'm sick and tired of the dog on emails, as um, Bernie Sanders put it, I'm also sick and tired of some of these right-wing trolls that call into this show and want to keep BSing the people and going around and around. It's one thing to have a difference of, a, of an opinion, but as you, well crafted, Mark, um, put, question this person, and I already forgot his thing because I'm so damn mad at how much time was wasted with him. That's all they want to do. They want to... They want to dictate and then run the clock out.
1: Well, I think it's important to speak to people like Max because he's not just one. Per- I- I'm not disagreeing with you, Michael. But the reason I did it is because it goes to the point of I know there's people in your life and I'm sure other people's lives who are saying the same thing as Max. But the point I was trying to make is they say they care about the issues. And if they really do, then you bring up the issues to them. And then if they don't, then they weren't telling the, 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 the truth in the first place. And it's just a talking point. But, but go ahead.
4: But at the same time, but at the same time, they were saying to be Bernie Sanders supporters no, and the way they talked and not Bernie Sanders, Sanders supporters
3: are now supporting Hillary Clinton. Uh, See so that again, I Brad? Think Mac is an exception because I everything number I've seen show that the overwhelming majority of uh, Bernie people are supporting Hillary Clinton, and it makes sense because there's a much closer match between her proposals uh, and Bernie Sanders uh, and Donald Trump's uh, proposals and Bernie Sanders.
1: Uh, good point, Brad. We're going to go to, uh, for the final call here, just due to time, Helen and Ithaca, if you could just give us a, a brief uh, summary of what you wanted to say here.
3: Okay, yeah, I agree with most of what I've been hearing except for Max.
4: But this is crunch time, so we got to forget about the problem with Comey. We've got to focus on, like, the things you've been reading, Mark. We've got to focus on Trump because Trump was just so happy, happy that no one's going to talk about his bad stuff. It's
3: all going to be on Hillary. Now just forget All this problem with her stuff.
4: And we've got to focus for the past, this past, this last week on Trump. And there's plenty to focus
1: on. I totally agree with you, Helen. The other thing I would tell people is if you go to HillaryClinton.com, you can type in your zip code and actually volunteer for events. I'll be canvassing in Pennsylvania this weekend. Uh, You could do phone banking, get involved. You can do more than just vote. You can volunteer. This is Mark Ramaldi and Brad Bannon, and for Leslie Marshall.